Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians, and they are a fascinating bunch of people. It'll be a great time, and I hope you can handle it. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. Today's guest is a tango teacher and performer with over 20 years of experience. Born and raised in Buenos Aires, his style is known for being rooted in Argentine traditions. He has performed in the most respected tango clubs in BA during the tango renaissance and has taught in the most well-known tango academies there as well. As a widely respected professional in Argentina, he has worked for Argentina's Secretary of Culture and for the Secretary of Culture of the City of Buenos Aires. He convinced both of them, both secretaries, of the cultural importance of tango and had a major part in organizing several high-profile public tango events. In 2001, he was invited to perform for 34 heads of state at the Summit of the Americas. A true artist and ambassador of tango, we are very lucky to have him here today. And with me now from the beautiful city of Montreal, Canada, is Tomas Howlin. Tomas, thank you so much for taking the time from your busy schedule to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Oh, Joe, thank you so much for um, inviting me. And thank you for all of you who are listening right now to the podcast um, with, uh, with us. Yeah, yeah excellent. So can first question is, and I want to get right into it. So can you take us back, uh, perhaps close to the beginning of your tango journey? Can you describe the moment when you knew you wanted tango to be a big part of your life? Uh, well, that's hard to that's hard to say because tango has been uh, in my life uh, from the beginning. Mm. You know that I'm Argentine and yes. I grew up in Argentina, and mm-hmm. my my parents would play uh, the music at home and I will be surrounded by tango uh, oh. throughout my life. Do you mean when I decided to become a teacher um, or when I thought I'm going to just only do tango yes. and focus on tango? Yes, the first point. Yeah, the second one, when you, were, when you were really sure that you wanted to focus on tango. Perhaps it was more than one moment. <laughs> there was a few moments. There was the moment where I decided I wanted to take dance classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, 20 years old and I decided to take some uh, dance lessons. That's a big moment. And uh, all the other moments happened gradually. Mm-hmm. So um, basically was when my teachers started to ask me to assist them. Mm-hmm. That was when I started thinking, huh, maybe I could really do this and I could start teaching and doing tango in a different way that is not just as a social dancer. Mm-hmm. So can you describe your very first dance at a milonga? Remember what that was like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> My very first dance at a milonga. Um, uh, uh, we had a teacher that uh, would organize a milonga for students, so it was not the threatening milonga okay. um, that you would see now in Buenos Aires, or even that you would see then in Buenos Aires so many years ago mm-hmm. in the early 90s. 
So this lady organized a milonga for the students and for other friends. Mm -hmm. So it was, was not so scary because there were a lot of people that already knew there. Okay. Uh, and, and it was not hard. What was hard was when I started going to the real milongas that were opening to the public. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have the feeling that it took me a whole year until I could invite somebody to, to dance. But wow, it might okay. have been like a little bit less. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it was yeah, it was it was it was really really hard. It mm -hmm. was really really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I uh, I remember how hard, especially, was inviting somebody to dance with me. Okay. Um, because when I get nervous, I might stutter. I see. So as I was so nervous at that moment, my stuttering uh, skills were at the at, at the highest. Okay. So uh, I remember that I was in my twenties and I was feeling that I was again twelve. Oh. Wow. And I know it was really hard to to do the cabeceo and to talk to, to the lady and dance and hope that I knew enough tango so the experience wouldn't be mm -hmm. embarrassing. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing that helped that was that I used to go to a place called El Paracultural, mm -hmm. which now moved to a place called Canning. Okay. Uh, and it was a little bit more informal than the milongas. Uh, where the milongueros would go. I see. I see. Uh, so was even if it was quite terrifying, mm -hmm. it was a little bit easier. They were all young people and, and more relaxed ambience. Okay. So a lot of our listeners, uh, they are new to tango, um, but are very quickly falling in love with the dance. And, and they are just starting to come to the milongas. They're still nervous. I mean, they, st they know they need to, to use the dancing in a social setting, uh, not just to take lessons. But other than observing basic customs such as um, you know, the floor craft and using the cabaseo, what, what advice um, would you give them to help make their milonga experiences uh, more more smooth or more enjoyable? Uh, I would say to go slowly. Okay. Um, maybe to not even start by going to a milonga, not to think if you're a beginner listening right now mm -hmm. that you are taking one class or two classes or even if you took a month of classes. I see. And you think that you have enough skills to walk along with, with a partner. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be too much of a jump to go from class directly Mm -hmm. to the milonga so number one I would uh, make sure that you don't go alone yeah it really helps going with a dance partner or somebody in class invite somebody that is in class or make sure that even if it's a group even better yeah um, ask your teacher mm -hmm. if the teacher is going if you can go the day that the teacher goes so you can sit with the teacher have a conversation with the teacher mm -hmm. uh, and maybe not even start by going to the milonga maybe there's a practical where you can go Yes, and start by the practica and start by by doing anything else like uh, any uh, workshop or like tango event that is outside of your comfort zone that is your class and mm -hmm. your teacher where 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 you feel everything is working just fine uh, before you take the big step. Uh, and honestly, once you decide that you're ready and you have a body or a girlfriend that you can go to the longer with, mm -hmm. uh, go to watch. Mm -hmm. In North America, I find that um, a lot of my students will feel that going to the milonga involves going and dancing the whole night and getting uh, a lot of dances. Mm -hmm. Anything different than that is failing or is not really going. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember going for months and just sitting and watching people. Mm -hmm. So planning on that and to see it and to watch and see how things 
are uh, going what the Milonga is like mm -hmm. and not expect to be dancing on that or even mm -hmm. get a dance until you uh, feel that you're ready for it. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. 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 You mentioned um, something that I that I've also noticed and other people have also mentioned in here, like you said, in North America, people, yeah, the mentality is I have to dance. I have to dance. I have to dance. So I, I'm guessing in, in Buenos Aires, it's, it's more social, would you say more of a kind of a gathering with, with friends and you dance and then you talk and dance or. It is. And that's one of the things that it surprised me even as an Argentine where, mm -hmm. you know, I took tango classes too. I was not born uh, with the ochos uh, mm -hmm. on my back, right? <laughs> I had to, to walk like anybody else and mm -hmm. I had to step on ladies' feet and be embarrassed and get angry and <laughs> and quit more times than I started over again, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to do all of that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that surprised me is to be at a milonga and sit with people mm -hmm. that I discovered that they didn't know how to dance. Oh. They were just there to have a meal, to listen to the music, mm. and to hang out. Uh, and you need to know that in Argentina, uh, you can get a milonga, you can get a drink, you can get a snack, you can get a whole meal. Mm. So there's other activities that are not just sitting and watching people mm -hmm. dance that maybe. Uh, awkward feeling or it might make you comfortable mm -hmm. um, you could just go and hang out I would say that is fully social the Milong in Argentina mm. uh, meaning that it's, the tango is not the activity that you do like many of my students do tango like they do yoga and they mm -hmm. go to the gym and they do tango so if you're in Milonga and you're not doing the tango steps you're not doing tango mm -hmm. In Argentina, a lot of people, honestly, will go to a milonga and maybe dance one tanda. Oh. Uh, because it's about hanging out with friends uh, mm -hmm. and chatting. That's why I, I was telling you early on, mm -hmm. uh, really go with some uh, classmates. Yes. That if you're a beginner, that you may be talk about other things. Mm -hmm. You might approach the DJ and ask, uh, how do you become a DJ? Oh. Uh, where do I find like parking in this area? Mm -hmm. um, go like to the host, see if you can recreate a social experience more than an activity experience, which is the art of being on the floor and dancing well, let's say. Okay. Yeah. Yes, social activity instead of an activity experience, and I think that'll. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's um much. That's really yeah. That's I'm really glad you said that that because that really takes a lot of the pressure away. <laughs> From yeah, from yeah. from our tangueros, great. Well, so, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it will depend. If I have other students that say mm -hmm. I don't want to go dancing exactly because it's social, I'm shy, right? <laughs> right. Uh, it, the more I tell them, it's just about going there and talking to people. They're terrified. Oh yes. There's a lot of people that have the the desire to tango because they could be social without having to do yes. the talking part. Yes. Uh, so mm -hmm. I would say. Yes, that may help other people. Other people may find that okay. it's exactly the opposite to what they're attracted to. I hope not, but that, that could be the case. Yeah. Yeah, well, but like you said, you know, we, you know, there's something for everybody. And um, yeah. I think I kind of identify with more of your shy students because uh, it was yeah. a way of socializing without, without, having a conversation rather, without having exactly. to speak. Yeah, yeah. Have you gotten some really, really good or some memorable advice from some of your previous teachers that, that have really stuck with you? Oh, I have I have 
so much yes. so you have to be more specific than that i got only advice probably from all these people that would just like talk to me for hours yeah. about what not to do i see <laughs> well, what are what are some things not to do that you remember things that not to do there was um, in the old times there was a lot about um, being accepted in the longer mm-hmm. So now in North America, we are trying to recreate a social space, recreate the opportunity for people to gather and meet and have a conversation and have a spontaneous moment of joy and exchange, right? Uh, yes. Uh, that was not my story. It showed up in a very established mm-hmm. environment oh. where anybody that would come from outside like me mm-hmm. uh, was not necessarily welcomed. Oh, okay. Because you might dress wrong or you might behave wrong or mm-hmm. might just uh, uh, invite the wrong person or oh. navigate wrong or mm. just do something that was, was seen as an insult. I see. So many of the things that were told were about uh, what many of you know about the rules of the milonga, the cause of the milonga, mm-hmm. or uh, like social navigation strategies. I see. Like you should talk to that guy, you shouldn't talk to that guy. That guy's going to come over here and tell you this and that. Don't listen to them. Oh. You want to hang out with those guys. Those are the cool guys. See if you can. Da, 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 da. They will navigate me to try mm. to speed up the process of being included in the milonga and being welcomed mm. uh, as soon as possible. Which, as you, you can pick up, is all more of a social cue more than how to move your knee, right? Or right. how to how to put your foot on the floor. That mm-hmm. was that, that came a lot later. I see. I see. Very, very interesting. Yeah, so is it still like that right now in Argentina where there are certain uh, milongas that, uh, you know, you have to really understand the people there or understand the atmosphere there? Yeah, I, I, I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It has changed over the years with the change in, in, in the world yeah. and the inclusion of so many non-Argentines. Oh, okay. So there's those old dynamics and the new dynamics. The main dynamic that is happening is that we don't have any more the, the majority of the milongueros. Most of the people that learned the tango in, let's say, beginning of the 50s, mm-hmm. those were the, 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 like the legendary teachers that many of us learned from mm-hmm. that recovered the tango from the ashes and taught all of us all of this. Yes. They have passed away. Right. So many of the milongueros, they're just all people that learned Mm. At the same time that I learned, I see. and many of the so-called milongueros now are people that started ten years after I started. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the density of social codes and momentum I see. Uh, that you had in my time. So the mm-hmm. codes and the social part is there, mm-hmm. but is I would say that it's lighter. Okay. And 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 is more uh, more unpredictable and bubbly, mm-hmm. which for a beginner or somebody that wants to go to Argentina mm-hmm. should be encouraging, meaning that now it's easier to, to get into tango mm-hmm. and to step in Milonga and if you're coming from any town, maybe dance on the, your first night. Mm-hmm. How, how has the tango pedagogy changed since the time when you were learning to now? I mean, when I first started, I was I was in my 20s. I it wasn't too long when I was out of college. So I was very used to this sort of teacher, you know, kind of a classroom setting. I listen as a teacher. The teacher does something 
um, there was a very kind of, um, in my mentality at least, it was this very uh, structured environment. And many of my tango classes were like that, and that's just kind of how I was, how I was used to learning. But um, I've heard from other teachers that, oh, there are other ways to learn. There's, um, you know, group learning and other, other forms. So I'm just kind of curious, how, how has, uh, in your observation, how has the tango pedagogy evolved or changed, or um, what have you observed? I would say there was uh, that has been born and now mm -hmm. uh, reborn. And mm -hmm. uh, when I started, basically there was not a tango pedagogy as mm -hmm. as we consider it now. So okay. when you're thinking about it, pedagogy is like somebody that is giving some thought to it. Mm -hmm. So as I describe it often to my students, they say, imagine that you're learning how to um, make the family sauce with your grandpa. Oh, how yes. would that experience be? Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely would be so irritating, right? <laughs> He's going to tell you all these things about how important the timing it is, mm -hmm. and he will use this very special pot that you think is ridiculous because really any pot would work. <laughs> and he will take a long time to put the salt grain by grain, maybe. And you go, mm -hmm. like, just put the salt, Grandpa. Yeah. So it was more um, artisanal and and mm -hmm. and and. Uh, like a family craft that you are taught, but there's not mm -hmm. really a class going on there, or there's yeah. not even a group. Mm -hmm. So you go to these practicas and hang out, and if you were really, really cute or very, very lucky, mm -hmm. the milonguero will come and say hi to you. Okay. And that was it. That was the instruction for the week. Oh. And I have, you know, examples of that, but basically there was not a class. There was non, no classes. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it was in my time in the 90s that some of the generation before me, mm -hmm. some of the very few teachers that were older than me, but they were not milongueros, mm -hmm. started teaching that they developed this idea of, oh, we need to do a class here. Mm -hmm. And the classes started in the form that you uh, describe, which is more a presentation. I, I talk to you a lot, mm -hmm. and you, you do it on your own, and I'll come back mm -hmm. next week. Mm -hmm. uh, and some teachers started bringing, oh, let's do a warm-up exercise. Mm -hmm. And depending on the teacher, they would have a different background. Mm -hmm. And depending on the background, the classes would be more philosophical, and they would tell you about tango and about mm -hmm. the heart and about all these like, magical things. Yes. And others would just drill the heck out of you and make <laughs> you walk for hours, and you mm -hmm. would be sweating, literally, yeah. and changing shirts and going like, oh, my God. <laughs> so over the years, we developed this, and mm -hmm. then when it fell on our lap, like mm -hmm. the generation of uh, the teachers like me that started teaching in the mid-90s, mm -hmm. we rethought that. So we had the Milongueros and we had our teachers and we kind of went, wait a minute, let's do this other thing. So we, we brought other ideas mm -hmm. that could help us teach our own students because of course we, we, we had our own ideas of what was mm -hmm. teaching. And over the years, has been changing and changing and changing until uh, now. So if you travel a little bit, you'll, you'll see that you'll feel that there's not a cohesive approach on how to learn tango. I see. And that uh, every teacher has their own idea and formula that they will introduce to you as the official version. Like this is set, right? Mm -hmm. which, which is a very Argentine way of doing thing. <laughs> you know, this, this, this is how we start. This is how it is. You're learning the real thing. Uh -huh. And then you go next weekend to another town and you go, oh my God, they're they are telling me the same thing, but it's totally opposite. Ah. This teacher does more of mm -hmm. exercise, you know, this teacher does more of like closing my eyes and looking mm -hmm. at my breath. Mm. 
so there's a wide range that, that changes between the teachers that took all the tradition of the last 30 years and the newer teachers that are having their own ideas and saying, we have to start over from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. That, that's very, it's very fast. I like what you said about, you know, learning tango is like the family recipe. <laughs> That's that's very much how I learned how to cook from my from my parents. <laughs> yeah, we all had a little bit of experience like that. Mm-hmm. That could have been adorable. That could be super irritating. Yes, uh, yes, that's how I learned. That's how I learned, and mm-hmm. and there's a charm to that too, of course. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, would you say your your journey to uh, to becoming a tango teacher started uh, with you helping um, your instructors? Exactly. Uh, in my time, mm-hmm. at least me, other teachers were different. Other of my colleagues, let's say, mm-hmm. were different. I wouldn't dare teaching or offering a class when I was hanging out with people that had been dancing for 50 years. Mm-hmm. So, like dancing for, you know, now we say, I've been dancing for a full year, two years. I was mm-hmm. hanging out with a room full of people that have been dancing for a minimum of 50 years. Wow. So, me, I'm going to open a class when there were not even class. It was didn't even cross my mind. Uh-huh. You know, even wow. yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, are you crazy? It's so mm. insulting, and it, you know, I never thought I knew anything really. Oh. So I started thinking when I had a teacher that said, you know, would you help me with this class? Will you demonstrate with me? Oh. Which I was shocked too. It's like me demonstrate. I I kind of walk like you, <laughs> or <laughs> yes, yeah, like. Yeah, if you give me another ten years, I might be able to at least like show up and not shake. Yeah, uh, yeah it was very intimidating. Or they will ask me gradually to say, "Hey, you know, uh, would you do the opening of the class? I'm going to show up later. Oh. We welcome people and do a little something. Mm-hmm. So they will give me like ten minutes, and the ten minutes I will do a review or, and then that was uh, an undercover giving me the permission to develop my on teaching skills. I see. Uh, that was not spoken, of course. You mm-hmm. started to go, huh, these people will respect me. They think I'm, I'm okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's how I I started teaching, really. Okay, interesting. And of course, there's the old saying where um, a teacher's best teacher are his or her students. So over the years, I know you've had many, many students, but uh, what have you learned from those um, from those that you have taught? <laughs> Everything. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of what my teachers taught me f- was from the beginning, very mm-hmm. obscure. Yeah. Also because I give a lot of thought to anything that a teacher might tell me. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, uh, think it very practically. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to read over and over. Yeah. I'm going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, uh, process it. So then it was really when I started teaching that mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I needed to own the mm-hmm. concepts and really uh, make them real, make them an experience. I see. Um, so it was really my students that made my teaching or my understanding uh, more real and more like a felt reality mm-hmm. more than, oh, I know, elegance. I, I can speak about elegance for a day. Mm-hmm. But really when I'm working with my students, they started to show me what meant elegance for each of them in each mm. of the bodies mm-hmm. and that's when I develop my true um, skills as a dancer too as mm. a dancer too everybody is a different body right yes right um, 
and and especially with my students, if there are any students listening <laughs> that are vocal, mm-hmm. um, students don't be shy to be vocal and mm-hmm. teach your teacher. Mm-hmm. Ask for what you need. Yeah. They will be teachers that are going to be irritated. <laughs> and they want to think that you interfere with the the amazing momentum of their yeah. uh, memorable presentation, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But maybe they will give it some thought and maybe they will go, huh, that mm-hmm. makes me think. Ask a question, ask a question, mm-hmm. because that is what makes, uh, it made me and makes all the teachers good. Yes. So as a dancer, I mean, it's it's wonderful that, um, you know, you get to to your passion is also what you do for a living. So how do you how do you keep challenging yourself to improve? Even even though you've had years and years of experience, and with this dancer, there's always something new to explore. Um, h- how do you continue to challenge yourself? Every student that I meet every day and every week will mm-hmm. challenge me. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not these teachers that have been teaching the same class for 10 years. You mm-hmm. notice that, you know, teachers that you take a class now and 10 years ago, oh my God, it's the same stuff. <laughs> I change yeah. my stuff all the time. Ah. Recycle, recycle, and try to express it differently. So mm-hmm. I prepare my classes a lot, mm-hmm. and they come with new material or new approaches to all materials sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way that I challenge. The other way that I do it is that uh, I continue uh, studying. So in the last few years, I've been studying a lot about uh, physiology, biomechanics, anatomy. I see. I find that the Argentine tango is very primitive in the understanding of the human body. Mm. We still speak about the top and the bottom as if uh-huh. the human body were divided in only two parts. Right. Like the majority of teachers would say, well, the top does this and the bottom does this. Mm-hmm. And what all the other infinite parts of our body should be doing, <laughs> right? Right. So I've been studying that and that... You can see it in my classes, how, how I'm more exact or more knowledgeable about how the body works. Mm-hmm. And the last is keeping a connection with Argentina. So mm-hmm. I'm probably, if not the one, one of the, the Argentine teachers that have been uh, lucky enough to teach and perform with um, the majority of the top dancers in the world. Nice. I've mm-hmm. danced with uh, Luciana Valle. Mm. Graciela Gonzalez, Cecilia Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Milena Plebs, uh, Brigitte Winkler, a lot, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of dancers. And, and I like to, to not be the dancer that has a partner yeah. and can do the tango very well with only one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I challenge myself constantly uh, traveling and working with different dance partners that would challenge my teaching ah, yes. because there's a lot of conversation in the background uh-huh. and my dancing we have to be able to understand each other so that's mm-hmm. that's the last way also that i challenge mm-hmm. yes my 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 experience okay yeah just out of curiosity what was your very first performance like <laughs> <laughs> uh, awful oh really <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible uh, as terrible as my last one. I'm very critical of myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was it was bad because I, um, in the time that actually a quick story in, in the time that I started dancing, mm-hmm. we didn't have the internet. Okay. I imagine that like without internet, we didn't have video yeah. cameras. <laughs> oh really? So okay. now you can just like film your teacher say, "May I film with my phone and go home and try to learn it?" Mm-hmm. We have to use our memory. Uh-huh. I had a friend that had money mm-hmm. and had a camera. So I would ask him once in a while to come and film me mm-hmm. so I could see myself and and help myself basically learning. So I 
in the performance that I did for a fundraising event at at a school. Uh, he came and he filmed, so I was able to see myself dancing, as you know, uh, in a performance for the first time. And mm. I had the idea that it was amazing. I had oh. the idea that I, <laughs> I was the best dancer in the world. And when I actually mm. saw it, I was very uh, disenchanted oh. uh, by by my skills. So yeah, seeing ourselves is very hard for everyone out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep working at it. It's not it's not easy to to to, to look at mm-hmm. the videos. <laughs> wow. Yes, yes, there's always that feeling. Do I do I really look like that? <laughs> <laughs> that cannot be me. Right. That cannot be me. <laughs> Please stop that mm-hmm. that video that is probably going to go on for another two <laughs> terrible minutes. Oh yes. <laughs> really hard, Excellent. Yeah. So um so what future projects are you working on right now? Um thank you for asking. Um mm-hmm. I'm working on a few projects. Uh one that I'm very excited about is um an event that I organized with my friend um, Sugi and Peter Black in Maui, mm-hmm. I organized a festival on February from the one to uh, from the first to the fourth. Okay. Um, and we're going to have there Felipe Martinez Arellano, Shori Myers, Dan Bocha. Okay. And of course me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been teaching and doing tango and organizing tango for about 30 years already, and I'm putting nice. all the machinery. They are to make it a, a friendly, a relaxed, and fun experience. So that's in Maui, okay. wow. in February. And of course, it's mm-hmm. very nice to go to mm-hmm. Hawaii in the <laughs> middle of the winter, especially for all Absolutely. of us who live in Snowland. Right. <laughs> uh, and my new collaboration with Luciana Bashi, I'm going to teach mm. with her in Austin in uh, at the festival in March, and Excellent. we're going to work in Buenos Aires in December. Which, by the way, she's one of my first partners when I started. Oh, really? So when I started, we used to take classes together and we used to perform together, oh. which, by the way, she's not the partner on the terrible video that I was talking about. <laughs> uh, so we started to work together again, and that's also very exciting mm. to to reconnect with her and and teach and perform okay. together. And that's in, that's in Austin, that's oh. enough in March. Yeah. Okay, the Spring Festival. Yeah, yeah. March. Earlier, I interviewed um our our friend Vance Reitmeyer, and that was a really fun talk. Yeah, yeah. He spoke very yeah. very well of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. So, where do we find more information about you online? Uh, um, on my website, mm-hmm. which is my name. Okay. Tomastango. dot com. Okay. Uh, that's where my schedule is, and that's where where I announce. All, all the events, and of course, I am uh, on Facebook like anybody else. If anybody wants to contact me, mm-hmm. they can they can contact me okay. easier probably okay. through the Facebook. Excellent, excellent. So TomasTango.com. So I'll have that in our show notes. So when people look okay. it up on the iTunes, they'll be able to they'll be able to find it. All right. Okay, Tomas, thank you so much again for taking the time to to speak to me. I think there is a lot of really great things here that the listeners will really appreciate it. This is such a pleasure, and thank you for doing the, this uh, interviews with with all these incredible people. It was time that that we had all the tango dancers, uh, a tango podcast that is out there to listen to. Yes, thank you, thank you very much. Yes, it's a definitely a long term project. I intend to stick with it. 
Um, All right. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I well, support you. I support oh, you. Oh, thank you. That that means a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a great idea. So. Okay. All right. Well, you have a great day, and uh, we'll we'll check out your future events. And um, wow, Tango in Maui—that would be a great thing. I, I definitely encourage <laughs> you all to escape yeah. the the winter and and go visit Tomas in, in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you again, sir. And um, okay. well, hopefully I'll meet you sometime soon in, in Montreal. I'm overdue All for right. a visit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. It was great speaking with Tomas and hearing his stories. I really appreciated how he described tango instruction in the old days, how he likened it to learning a family recipe that had been passed down from generation to generation. And it was enlightening to hear his take on how the tango learning process evolved. It's good to know that there are a variety of different ways to learn this dance, whether it's a more traditional classroom structure or something more similar to learning a family craft. Now, I know sometimes it seems as though I'm, I'm really bashing that traditional classroom structure, and, and to be clear, I'm not. It, it's definitely sensible, and it has its merits, but it's not the only one out there. Tomas has experienced all manners of teaching. And based on his observations, there are learning and teaching methods that are bound to work with tangueros of any personality type. I think we can also appreciate the fact that Tomas is not afraid of being challenged. He loves it when students have questions. Questions are an opportunity for teachers to understand the mindset and needs of students. And even with his decades of experience, he is constantly evolving and improving his teaching style, adapting to the needs of the students that he's working with at the moment. So don't be afraid to ask questions and keep in mind that the answers you get will reveal the type of teacher you have. So thank you again, Tomas, for your time and for sharing your many insights. And to all of you listeners, thank you again so much for tuning into Joe's Tango Podcast. If you enjoy this program and you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star rating, a positive review, and remember to subscribe. It just takes a couple seconds. That does a lot to help more people find this podcast. And of course, sharing this with your friends would also be lovely. I truly, truly appreciate your support. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every week. I'm Joe Yang. Talk to you again soon.